Hello, Babylonians! Today's episode is sponsored by Relief Factor. Pain from everyday living, exercise, or just getting older is one of the leading causes of trips to the doctor and sleepless nights. It interferes with daily activities and can even keep us from spending time with the people that we love. If you have everyday pain, it stands to reason you need something you can feel comfortable with taking every day. That's why doctors invented 100% drug-free Relief Factor. Now, tens of thousands of customers are using Relief Factor every day to become mostly or completely pain-free. Woo-woo! 100% drug-free Relief Factor features four key ingredients that each work on a different metabolic pathway to support your body's natural healing processes to respond to pain and inflammation. Now you can try Flash Relief also. The three-week quick start retail price of almost $70 is now available to our listeners for just $19.95. Yeah, you heard right, $19.95. Head to the link in our show notes to find out more. Start your journey to better health and less pain today with Relief Factor. That was really loud. Wow. Um, today is special because, well, one, Shauna's on vacation right now because she had to abandon me for a couple weeks. But we have, I have a couple of special guests. There's two. So live and in video is Ian Dystopian, our artist pal in England. Say hi. Nice to meet you all. Yay, he's here. We're on a video chat, and he's going to do this case with me today. And in the background, my one of my nephews, his name is Evan. He's here, too. I like that you waved, but it's a podcast. <laughs> they can't see you. <laughs> so, so yeah, today's really special. So, me and Ian got this set up. It's um, We're s- six hours yeah. apart in time, so it's like six o'clock where you are. Uh-huh. That's yeah, fr- yeah. that's freaking rad. And yeah, it's barely noon here. Um Arlo's running around somewhere, so he may make an appearance like normal. Um before we get into bloody gory messy things cuz that's what we're here for. Um we had three new countries, uh Greece, Belgium, and Peru. I was very stressed out. I was going to forget their names. Um this is catching my voice like really loudly. I may actually have to tone myself down. Um, but yeah, so th- so now that puts us, 52 different countries have listened to our podcast, and that just pff, blows me away. It's freaking rad. Um, we still don't have Wyoming. We're waiting for you, Wyoming. We're coming for you. <laughs> I'm ready. I just, just one person. Uh, eventually, but yeah, so um, not too much big news, but yeah, Shauna's still on vacation, living her best life. Um, and yeah, uh, that's all I've got going on. Um, I don't know. What's the weather like there for you? Um, it's kind of sunny at the moment. Um, it has been raining like on and off. Like we just get all the seasons in like an hour. It's oh. just crazy. <laughs> oh, so it's like Kansas. <laughs> Kansas is that way too. Like, um, yeah, we yeah. don't know what to wear. Today <laughs> it's cl- it cloudy this morning. It was pretty, is nice. Not too humid, except I'm sitting here sweating. Still super pregnant guys. Baby has not came out of me yet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's supposed to get warmer later, hopefully, but we've had a lot of rain lately too. So that made it good for 4th of July. So, 
Yeah. That made a big difference. Um, but other than that, yeah, we're, uh, we're hanging out. Um, finally got figured out what to do for video chatting. So we got it to where Ian yeah. doesn't have to stare at my ceiling for this whole episode. Um, <laughs> so, <clears throat> but this case, I guess we're going to just, we're going to jump right into it. So this is another Nate episode. Um, he is my pal on, I'm going to turn my volume down just a little bit because I'm really freaking loud. Um, there, that's a little bit. Nope, still aggressive. It's fine. It's not like episode 37, which we, one day, me and Shauna will re-record. One day. Well, whenever. Um, <laughs> <coughs> cough is mostly gone. Sorry for the last two episodes that sounded like a dying cat. I'm doing better now, guys. So if you were concerned, I'm okay. <laughs> um, yeah, Nate on Twitter. This is another episode he suggested to us. And it's an old, 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 old case. So I thought that was pretty cool. So we're going to just jump into my notes here and uh, we'll see what you guys think. Okay, here we go. So, Nate, Nate is the bee's knees. We love Nate. Uh, he's always, He was tagging us and stuff on Twitter yesterday too, just telling us, hey, you want to listen to True Crime? And he has like a whole list. Nate yep. is the real MVP on Twitter. Um, okay, so this lady we're going to talk about today, her name is Sarah Jane Whiteling. And her case dates back to 1888 in Philadelphia. So, wow. she, yeah. So it was, you know, the other day. Probably a Tuesday. <laughs> Sorry. That's, <laughs> our, that's we, Okay, it's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Um, she was accused of fatally poisoning her husband and her two children. Um, the case prompted, like, serious outrage that um, her motive was to collect life insurance, which... It's really sad. Yeah. Like, it's really sad because the last, the case we did, I think last week's case, that's why, um, his name is Ronald O'Brien. He killed his son too for freaking, oh, with pixie sticks candy, um, Halloween. Wow. It was awful. That's crazy. It, it blows me away. Like, I look at my sweet little, like, I have a baby growing in me. I look at my son's face. Yeah. I'm like, I would never be like, I'm going to kill you. I know. I need money. You just can't believe they can do it, can you? It's just like, what the hell's going on? Like, what is, like, who hurt you? Not your children, you freaking monster. Um, it was evident that she was pretty crazy, um, pretty disturbed, as this says. And Dr. Alice Bennett was the first female physician to in charge of an asylum. And she provided the defense with expert testimony on her, on Sarah's mental health, or mental state, sorry. I know how to read, it's fine. Um, Dr. Bennett, who had little forensic but much clinical experience, proposed that she... Um, a, she okay physiological theory of insanity among women with reproductive related derangements so i'm gonna break that down for people who are like me basically just I mean, it's like it's, it sounds like extreme like postpartum depression that's what it that's yeah. what it makes me think of like people who are willing to kill their babies but i mean this is also the 1800s so this yeah. could be a whole i don't know so at that time um cultural ideas about female poisoners colored popular and journalistic perceptions of of sarah okay i looked at this word familicide was considered unconscionable <laughs> not something a mother would usually do to who is her oh my gosh a mother's duty was to nurture and protect her family not you know poison her entire family which is what this lady ended up doing so she um, she was convicted, and eventually she was um, 
sentenced to death is, but we'll get to that. Um, I'm going to skip a little bit ahead here. So, okay. So I'm not loving how I put these notes together, but that's the story of my life. Um, okay. Better you than me. Ha! That's literally, that's literally what Shauna says every time. I love it. Um, okay, yeah. An unbelievable crime. I'm not saying that word again because I can't. Killing a husband and two children for a few hundred dollars in life insurance money. So I'm wondering... I can't look it up. I wonder how much money that would have, that would be in like today's money because it'd probably be yeah. a few thousand, I guess. Um, the killings were spaced over months with... Um, so she killed her husband first and she claimed that he poisoned himself um, in a suicide fashion, so to speak, followed by the children's bad luck with intestinal problems. Um, in reality, she was uh, Sarah was 40 and had purchased this thing called Rough on Rats, rat poison, um, a household arsenic-based pesticide. I'm fine. Um, she then fed it to her un unsuspecting family, one by one, starting with her husband, John, and then they said, was it cold-blooded murder or a product of insanity? So I'm like, I don't know. She sounds like a good old time. So um, she ended up reporting that her husband, who was 38 years old, John, died of suicide on March 20th, 1888. The family doctor, his name was George Smith. That's such a doctor name. I'm Dr. George Smith. It is. Hello. <laughs> George Smith. Thank you, George. Um, he called the cause of death inflammation of the bowels. Ooh. Ooh. That sounds awful. Um, it's great. Um, okay, so then she has a nine-year-old daughter. Her name is Bertha, but they called her Birdie. Oh, I love Birdie. That's so sweet. Um, okay, so he was March 20th. Um, and she was a daughter from a previous marriage that Sarah had, and she died on April 25th, 1888, that, um, was listed as gastric fever. Oh, no. And then the baby, his name's Willie, he was, yeah. he was the baby they had together. He was two, and he was poisoned on May 26th, 1888. So, That's March great. 20th, April 25th, and May 26th, so literally a month between each, basically. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Oh my God. He's a little baby. Um, so child. after... It's crazy, isn't it? Say what? It's just the child, isn't it? It's so crazy how someone can do that. Right, he's a little baby. I'm like, Arlo's four, and I'm like, no, I'm yeah, fine. It's no. fine. I gotta stop. I gotta stop picking parents who kill their kids. Um, <laughs> stop it, Nate. No, I'm just kidding. Keep them coming. Anyways, um, after, after the baby Willie's death... Uh, Dr. Smith considered all the incidents suspicious. You don't say. No shit. Um, right. He spoke with the coroner Ashbridge. With coroner Ashbridge. That just that sounds like something that should be a British name. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Coroner Ashbridge. Why did this baby die? Okay. And now Ian's not going to be my friend anymore with that god-awful accent. <laughs> no. Um, so it, he the coroner later reported, quote, For some reason or other... The coroner thought it was best to have Willie's body buried and then exhume the whole three. What? What? They wanted to bury them and then unbury them. Why? What is the point of that? Um, already considering that Sarah was a criminal, he recalled the, nights, the night the bodies were exhumed, Sarah came to me and asked if I knew about anything about the bodies. I gave her no satisfaction, and she said she would go to the coroner's the next day. She's a very level-headed woman. I don't think so. And as her husband always seemed to work, I thought they lived happily together. Well, you were blatantly mistaken. Um, 
Believing the victims were poisoned, the coroner tested the remains for chemicals. Oh, you would think 1888, they wouldn't be able to test for something like that, but all right. Um, Dr. Formad, all right. He performed the autopsies, and Professor Lethman, who was a chemist who conducted forensic studies, um, found arsenic in all three victims. Dum, dum, dum. Wow. Ooh. Uh, meanwhile, Detective Geyer spoke with uh, Sarah's neighbors and family members. The drugstore clerk said he, she had bought the rough-on-rats around the time John was ill. Her neighbor, Elizabeth Gilbert, testified at the coroner's inquest on June 15, 1888, that Sarah had asked her to come to the house and to send Miss Gilbert's son for the doctor. Okay, so June 15th. That would have been, that would have been after all three of them are dead, though. Anyways, um... The Philadelphia Inquirer reported Miss uh, Elizabeth, the neighbor's observations. Mr. Whiteling was in great pain and vomited frequently. Um, they suggested to, or um, Elizabeth suggested to put hot plates on his stomach, and it seemed to relieve him. Huh, that's interesting. Wow, well, I guess that's, putting. That's too <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, then the pains came came in his back. And Elizabeth rubbed his back and put hot irons on it. He said, oh, that feels so good. <laughs> That's so random. <laughs> oh, that feels so good. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. So uh, and those were his last words. Aw. That's so heartbreaking. No. Jesus. Okay. I, I lost my spot. Um, he turned over on his stomach while he was in that position, and Sarah went downstairs. Elizabeth saw that he was dying, and she called to Sarah. That She's like, hey, your husband's dying. And, um... Sarah goes, oh, I can't look at him die. Which, okay. I mean, I know she's the one who poisoned him, but, like, I wouldn't want to watch yeah. someone die. Mm -mm. I mean, I... Oh, no. no, thank you. Right. <laughs> I think I've just... I've The worst I've ever had experience is watching an animal die, and that was stressful enough. Um, ten minutes after... Ten minutes after they said... Um, Sarah said, oh, I can't look at him die. He was pronounced dead. Um, his wife stayed out of the room at the time. That... Mm, yeah, mm. That's, uh, that's that's just I get it and to a certain extent knowing that she's the one who caused it but like then again yeah, it's yeah. like oh I don't want to go in there like that's really hard to deal with mm. I don't like you so Sarah exactly so vilified by the community and the press she was called or Sarah was called a female fiend she was a reformed harlot, an unnatural mother. Oh my God, unnatural mother. I don't know what these mean. The modern Borgia, Borgia, and a Lucretia Borgia. I don't know what those mean. I should have put. Heard of that. Yeah, no, I have no idea. They're not good things. I can tell you that. Um, no, nope. <laughs> it doesn't sound good. <laughs> it doesn't sound good at all. Thirteen minutes. Okay, cool. I'll know to go go and maybe edit that part out a little bit. Anyways, um, <laughs> okay. So it was told in the New York Times that um, the horror of this whole case, starting with her husband, um, the okay, had regarded the news of the suspect's revelations. For example, for example, I'm fine. For example, the opening of the Times front page story on June 13, 1888 stated the woman's crimes will rank in conception and execution with the most diabolical murders on record appear to have been committed for the pitiful sums of money for which the victims' lives were insured. Um, so the Philadelphia Inquirer, again, that one's brought up a few times, uh, 
published her confession to the coroner diminished the possibility of her receiving a fair trial, calling her a murderess five months before she would have her trial. I cannot. The inquirer labeled her statement a full and absolute confession, um, squashing room for reasonable doubt. So, um, I'm not sure when this all goes down. But that's fine. Um, on the morning of the inquest, Sarah was closeted by Coroner Ashbridge and De uh, Detective Geyer. They had a long talk, which resulted, as the inquirer put it, in the second confession, which, in its horrible details, was fully as revolting as the first. So her just telling the story of... Um, okay, so it says, Sarah told the undertaker, Mr. Kerr, that the children might have been poisoned by candy and was more forthcoming with um, the detective and the coroner. The coroner told her, if you expect forgiveness, you must confess your sins. It will not avail you anything to confess part and hide something else. So basically saying, confess, so you're not going to receive, I don't know. It's just like, ooh, no thank you. Poisoning. Yeah. That's cruel. That's, a, that, that's an aggressive way to die. Like, that takes time to kill someone. Yeah. Um, grabbing Asperge's arms, um, she was sobbing and exclaimed, I want the prayers of all, uh, of you all, for God knows I need them. Get everybody to pray for me and get me forgiven, and then I don't care what you do with me, you can take me away. She hinted at the dynamic of her children's murders before breaking down and ending the confession. We were very poor, so poor that we owed everybody, the grocer and every, everybody else. The insurance money I got on my husband only did a little while, oh, only did a little while, and then I thought what was... Um, I thought what was placed on Bertha's life. Her statement was used against her in the criminal prosecution. So basically, she just offed her family to take care of debts. Yeah. That's crazy. What? Just for money. Like, wow. not, e and not even that much money. Like, Profit before love, you see. That's crazy, isn't it? That's uh, good. And he's only 38. That's so young. Yeah. And then a nine and a two-year-old. Um. It's nuts. <clears throat> absolutely bonkers um although she reported john's death as suicide uh, while under interrogation she revealed her thought process she said she had gone to the druggist for something to kill roaches you well you're the roach here ma'am um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um the druggist sold her box the box of rough on rats cautioning her that the substance could also kill a person she recalled on the way home with this i thought over what the man had said about it killing people that was the first th the first I thought, for the devil must have put it in my head for me to give it to my husband. I was tempted by the devil. Oh, my God. I mixed Showing for it. him a glass of eggnog and uh, put it in that. Oh, how dare you? Kind of. Yeah, that's exactly. nuts. Don't use eggnog. That's rude. I don't know if you like eggnog. I love eggnog. <laughs> now I'm going to, now every time I think about it, I'm going to be like, does this taste weird? Is she trying to haunt yeah. me because I talked yeah, about yeah. her? <laughs> Are bitter almonds in this? Please don't. Come for me on the other side, Sarah. We might see her orb tonight. Oh my God! If her if she shows up, she just needs to not. Um, uh, the coroner's jer jersey. I'm fine. Jury made this pronouncement on June 15th. The jury finds that John, Bertha, and Willie Whiteling came to their deaths from arsenical, arsenical poisoning. <laughs> Thanks. Administered by Sarah Jane Whiteling. Miss Whiteling has been held in oh boy, Moya Mensing Prison. Sure. Um, from which she was transported to the coroner's office for interrogation. There was no mention that she was represented. Uh, was oh my gosh, represented. I can, thank you. Represented by counsel, but it was reported that she cried a little bit before telling her story to the coroner. 
I want to feel sympathy for her. I do, just as a mom, but I'm like, yeah, I just can't. Like, oh. probably after doing that. Yeah, like, just the thought of it, like, the devil put that thought in my head. Okay, calm down, uh, reincarnation of Son of Sam. Simmer down. Um, (laughs) gosh. Um, Alice Bennett, who was a doctor, was appointed as the residential physician of the Women's Division of the State Hospital for the Insane at Norristown, Pennsylvania in 1880. The appointment... Okay, my child was screaming. I was making sure it wasn't out of... I don't know. He's being obnoxious. Um, the appointment was at the suggestion of Dr. Hiram Corson, who is an influential physician from Norristown area who campaigned that female patients should have female doctors. Okay. I mean, that's fine. Um, having planned a career as an anatomy teacher, Dr. Bennett had learned psychiatry on the job, making a name for herself, not only as the first woman in such a position, but as a devotee of using no mechanical restraint on her patients. Huh. You go, girlfriend. Um, in 1883, she delivered an, uh, an argument against restraint to the Medico-Legal Society of New York, of which she was a member. Okay, so she, like, wanted to treat patients but didn't want to have them strapped down. I'm like, that's a thin line. It depends on their um, mental capacity if they need to be. If they're yeah, going to, like, attack you, then I feel like maybe some straps aren't a bad idea. They need to restrain them. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so prior to the Whiteling case, Dr. Bennett was involved at least in two other cases as an expert with witness with both um, habeas corpus cases, which um, means patients requesting release from hospitals in 1883 and 1885. Having been called a woman of first, it is likely that Dr. Bennett was the first female, female psychiatric expert witness in a U.S. murder trial. By the time of um, Sarah's case, she had examined women found insane for violent behavior and committed to her hospital for treatment. See, if they're violent, I would want to be able yeah. to strap them down. Yeah, <laughs> as I, as someone who babble moment, um, as someone who worked, I worked in yeah. a, a, it was a kind of like a youth, not a youth group. That's that's church. Uh-huh. Jesus, a, place for a placement troubled. for troubled kids, and we would have yeah. to. Yeah. Some of them were violent, and we shouldn't. They shouldn't have been um, in our care. But some of them, yeah, I restrained a few of them, a couple of them while I was pregnant with my first son. Like it was kind of intense. My dad is mowing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so just like we weren't able to like put them in rooms, we couldn't seclude them or anything. But I know how to like. I know I've used a couple on Arlo when we when he's being crazy. No, <laughs> I don't abuse my son. I promise. Sometimes he just needs to hug himself. Um, um, that's fine. I, that was probably too much. But anyways, um, the okay, so talked about the violent behavior. They included teenaged au pair, oh, okay, who attacked her mistress and the mistress's baby, and another was an infanticide perpetrator. Good gracious. Um, among her publications, the doctors um, studied ophthalmological, mm-hmm, I don't, I am not a doctor or very, I'm glad I was never an English teacher because this is stressful. Um, Findings of insane patients um, suggesting that vascular inflammation, the relation of heart disease to insanity and the insanity as a symptom of kidney disease. Huh. So apparently parts of your body can make you go insane. I thought it was just all in the brain. That's so wild. I would never think something like that. Okay. I'm fine. Okay, we've got a couple more pages here. 
Um, so the trial started in late um, 1888 and includes ser in several days of testimony. Although Philadelphia courts had begun transcri transcribing trials, the record of this one was not found in the city archives. Interesting. Um, yeah. Like, why would you? Why? Where did it go? Um, the Philadelphia Inquirer provided uh summaries of key witnesses. Miss um, Whiteling was defended by attorneys George Arundel and Henry Paxson. The prosecution, in addition to pre uh, presenting both the defendant's confession and witnesses to whom she admitted the killings to, called a clairvoyant. Oh boy, here we go. Um, Mrs. <laughs> Walls. Not that I don't. Duh, I don't dog on psychic people because I think there are very intuitive people in the world. But in the 1800s. I'm like, weren't they burning witches for that kind of stuff? I don't know. I guess that's 1600s. I'm two. I'm 200 years ahead. Never mind. <laughs> um, the Inquirer reported that Mrs. Walls, the clairvoyant, said the prisoner came to see her after the death of the children and wanted to see if she could get her out of trouble. Mrs. Walls told her that she couldn't see clearly into the future, but things looked dark for the prisoner. Well, I mean, okay, she's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Considering yeah. what the outcome is. Um, things looked dark indeed for Miss for Sarah by the end of the prosecution's case. As the inquirer described, Mrs. Whiteling alternate, alternately gnawed her fingernails and wiped her inflamed eyes. So, chewing on her nails, crying. Wah. You killed your family. You don't deserve <laughs> sympathy. Um, she was... Com um, that uh, Sarah committed familicide was not in dispute, but her sanity was... Um, Mr. Paxson explained to the jurors that the faculty of distinguishing right from wrong is wanting. She ought not, should not, and cannot be held as a moral agent. That sounds so fancy. Um, yeah. Very so, professional. Yeah. <laughs> like, because they're making her just sound like she's crazy, which, I mean, she may have been. But yeah. it still doesn't justify that you killed your family. Um, and they do that, don't they? Yeah. They still do that. It, they they really freaking do, um, and then they get like like that's like the Lori Vallow case that's been ongoing. Like she was deemed yeah. able to, and then they deemed her insane, and then they deemed her credible to be on stand again. Like ugh, ugh, that case, Crazy. oof, that one exhausts me. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo, I lost my spot. Okay, uh, the defense called Dr. L. J. Lautenbach. Um, <laughs> who testified that the defendant had uh, had retinal congestion consistent with cases of s insanity he had studied. So that's something in her eyes that's making her... Something in her eyes makes her crazy? My eyes barely work. That doesn't make me crazy. Not in this sense, anyways. Hmm. So Dr. Alice Bennett, who had examined Sarah three times, testified next. Her findings included low mental organization, physically diseased, she had heart disease associated with insanity, and undoubtedly insane, based on the defendant's functional derangement. I wonder what her IQ was. I don't know if they bring that up. But I'm like, just based on how she's acting. Like yeah, it would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, because like some... I know she's, oh, I guess she guess could be considered a serial killer because it was three people, even though they yeah. were her family. But serial killers either have super low or insanely uh -huh. high. Like, because yeah, we've covered someone who had, like, an IQ of 70 and he killed a couple girls. And then we've had one yeah. who's was, like, in the 160s. Like, it's it blows my mind, like, the, the um, spectrum these people can be on just with yeah. intelligence-wise. Yeah. It's 
But well, she might not have been, had schooling depending on her family. Yeah, that's Some true. In the 1800s, they don't go to school the whole time. You're right. You're right. Look at you, little nerd. <laughs> love it. I'm just kidding. I say that with all the love of my heart. Um, uh, rebuttal came from Dr. Charles K. Mills, who agreed that Sarah was of who that she was of weak mind, but said she was not insane during the crimes. I mean. Especially because she admitted the devil entered into her brain. That comes back to my head. Like, you can't just claim possession. Sorry. He put this in my brain. Okay, well, you should have went to church more instead of poisoning your family. Um, <laughs> um, other po uh, prosecution psychiatrists included doctors John Chapin. Chapin? Chapin? Sure. Edward Brush and Thomas Morton. Um, outgunned, the def defense had little chance. Judge Allison charged the jury in part as follows. To acquit on the ground of insanity, the defendant's reason must be so dethroned or her mind clouded to such an extent as to prevent her from distinguishing between right and wrong, or her mind was so deranged as to compel her irresistibly to take the life of her husband and children. Um, <clears throat> so, <laughs> it only took them two hours to convict her. Um, for jury deliberation, that's pretty quick, actually. They probably got lunch, and they're like, yeah, she's guilty. Um, <laughs> uh, the Inquirer <laughs> pointed out that if that uh, pointed out if sentenced to hang, Sarah would be the first woman to face the gallows in Philadelphia. Oh, well, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, the claim was refuted by Shipman, who discovered the execution of a woman in Philadelphia in 1737. In the 20 years before Sarah's case, two other women had been con convicted of first-degree murder. One was never executed, and the other's sentence was commuted. Um, <clears throat> Philadelphia, or Philadelphia, Pennsylvania had abandoned public hangings in 1834. Miss Whiteling remained incarcerated in Philadelphia pending further developments. Um, Dr. Bennett con continued to advocate for her pardon or uh, commutation as Sarah awaited her fate. Governor Beaver... Governor Beaver. <laughs> Governor Beaver. He signed the death warrant on January 11th, 1889, fixing the execution date as March 27th. Um, that's, oh, when did she, her husband, she killed him on March 20th, the, she was a, day, a year before. A, day after she a month and a week. Because oh, yeah. he died on March 20th, so a month and a week after she Okay. I had to take a small hiatus there, guys. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, okay. So, um, like I said, execution date was set for March 27th, 1889. The Board of Pardons had not acted by that time, however, and the date was pushed back again. Um, told of this by her attorney, Mr. Paxson, Sarah replied, Let me die. Don't spend any more money, nor waste any more time on my behalf. Let the matter rest where it is. So, both attorneys tried to recruit public sentiment uh, via pu publications of the Pennsylvania Prison Society. I can read it. It's fine. And the Pennsylvania Peace Society. Um, Dr. Bennett tried to get it to where the hanging wouldn't be carried out, but it did not. It failed, and she was ended up being hanged on June 25th, 1889. Wasn't the same that was Woo. the month after her daughter's death? Um... Like a year. So it was March 20th, April 25th, and then May 26th is when she commit or killed all three of them. That's when they all died. So it was like a, almost a yeah a year and a month. Yeah. Almost exactly. Woo! That's insane, isn't it? It's I didn't just, know how people do it. Like, 
especially when it's youngsters. Yeah, I just... It's bad enough adults killing adults, but when you, when you go down that route, when right. there's children, like, that's just something else. It's sad. It's just, yeah, it's sick. Hard. It's like, I couldn't like look and be like, oh, Evan, I'm going to take a life insurance policy out on him, and then exactly. <clears throat> kill him. No. Like, whew. And the fact that so many, so many, there's so many cases that that's happened. Like, like yeah, I said, yeah. the one last week with Ronald O'Brien, uh, yeah, Ronald O'Brien, he, he was trying yeah, to take yeah. out both his kids, but, um, because really, his, I think he took, yeah, his son and his daughter out yeah. for Halloween and then oh, wow. the boy like was the only one to eat it and he ended up giving it to like three other kids cause he was going to like disguise yeah. it and be like oh no all three of them got it from this person how sad and then wow. that's just Crazy. but his son was the only one who ended up consuming it and then ended up dying within like, like a yeah. couple days but i'm like that just blows me away i just yeah it's people, people suck <laughs> sarah you suck i am glad you were hanged please don't come haunt me in my sleep now <laughs> gosh okay well um i wasn't it was a shorter, shorter, shorter-ish case. I mean, it's hard to get a lot of info on cases that are super old like that too. But yeah, doesn't make them any less uh, disturbing. I just you just wait five minutes. And the laws were about then as well. It's like to what they are now. It's just crazy. Yeah, exactly. At least it wasn't gruesome. It wasn't gruesome, but like, yeah, but, but being poisoned—that's yeah. that's, that's a rough death. Yeah, like that takes that's yeah. yeah. That takes time. Like, you have to do that for a while before that becomes anything. Ah, there's a baby in my rib. Um, oh, he's moving around like crazy. Um, so, yeah, it's all that for money, though, isn't it? All for money. It's uh, crazy. Yeah, and only just a few hundred dollars, no less. Like, you're not going to get a whole lot for um, just, uh, like they said, just a few hundred dollars, which I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see what that would be in, like, today's money. I'm sure it would be... Five ten thousand dollars. Yeah, probably. Yeah, between five ten thousand. But if it's only, I don't yeah. know. It just yeah. depends because it didn't give a specific amount. But like, I don't know. I just couldn't look at my killing my significant other, thinking you'd probably get more money from him. I don't know. I don't know the rules of insurance. I have insurance, but I'm like, I don't know how it works. I just pay for it. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, but yeah. So, um. Uh, as all, you guys can follow, um, first off, plug your stuff. Tell them everywhere you can be found. Um, I can be found on Instagram, squinty underscore art. Um, squinty is just my uh, my street name for my graffiti. I love so, it. Um, on Facebook, I am dystope.ian. Um, that's on my page. Um, and YouTube is uh, dystope-ian because they didn't like the dot for <laughs> some reason. That's funny. <laughs> so... We're a dash on there. <laughs> yeah, and we've we've yeah. shared his stuff everywhere. So if you guys don't know him, um, yeah, go sh go show some love. Go follow him on YouTube. That's brand new, so you get to see. Um, you're gonna start vlogging soon too, right? You said. Um, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about just sort of bringing people into more, sort of into my life, uh, getting to know me, because um, I've had a few questions of like, you know, can we get to know you kind of thing, and I thought, like, yeah, cool. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, so, are you going to be doing, like, going out and, like, when you go do, like, the the graffiti art? Is that something? 
yeah, yeah. So rather than just going out and doing a time lapse video, I'm going to kind of just film a bit, talk more, and and just show people what I do and how I do it. And I stuff. think so. so okay. So with that, because I have questions. So I'm obviously graffiti yep. art. Like, do you have like people that you're like, oh, can I come paint over here, or do you just live rebelliously and do it on your own? <laughs> yes. Sometimes we find spots and we think, okay, we're gonna take it. You know, so there's these little dodgy spots where we go in the gray areas. <laughs> I love dodgy. But, Say it again. Yeah, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of shy away from the the illegal side of it now because I'm sort of being more professional with my work so <laughs> I want to make it back myself <laughs> right exactly exactly that's awesome yeah and yeah, uh, yeah if you guys um if you guys haven't checked and you've got um a merch right you've got like a shop yes 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 yeah I've got a shop um it's a Shopify um that I've uh, just opened it's fairly new as well um, so I'll have to put some links somewhere for that one. Uh, yeah. The actual links on my page, actually. I think I've linked it to my YouTube. I'm not too sure, but okay. And we'll include it. On, we'll include it on this episode show notes too. That way, you guys can see it um, wherever you guys listen to us, and we'll share it. Yeah. Um, we share everything. He shares our stuff. We share his stuff. We love him. If you guys haven't checked out his art, it's oh, I can't even describe it. It's breathtaking. What you do is phenomenal. I love your photography. If you guys like it's a little darker um like we've talked about mandy's yeah. in the past like we love our dark artists yeah. um, <laughs> um all, the dark. all the dark yes dark is it, sometimes it's just it's necessary i need to get some of your art because i have some of mandy's i need we need to yeah, work on yeah. some stuff and i know awesome. um we haven't really talked about it but maybe we'll maybe we'll uh, eventually collab on some things so we can get some bloody babbles art made by ian because I think that yep. would be phenomenal. I'm just going to throw it out there. Oh, hey, can you... We are almost done. Yeah. Sir. Can, hi, Draven. Okay. We're almost done recording. Can you can you chill out for like five minutes and then I'll let you watch whatever you want to watch? No, we're on the PlayStation. We don't have a PlayStation here, in case you weren't aware. <laughs> Peyton took it home. That is my child, but okay. Um, so yeah, uh, that's gonna base. I'm gonna. Uh, you don't turn on the TV, because I told you not to, and we're still recording. I'm gonna throw this kid in the garbage. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so that kind of wraps everything up for today, guys. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed Ian. Um, we'll definitely be bringing him back again eventually. Hopefully, when Sean is here, so we can all be together. Um, yeah. Thank you for coming on and joining us today. It's been nice Bye. meeting you face to face, so to speak. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. I appreciate it because I'm like I. I don't want to record by myself. It's never fun telling a story without like some sort of reaction. And we have Evan here too, so it's been great. Um, you guys know where you to find us for Bloody Babbles. Um, if this is the first episode you've ever listened to, hi, welcome, hello. Um, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. Uh, just look up Bloody Babbles Podcast and you'll find us. Um, I found out even if you Google us that you, we pop up now, and I'm like, what? That's so freaking crazy. Um, Fantasy and World Music by The Fighters does our intro sound on YouTube. Like we said, Ian is now on YouTube, dystope-ian, and we're going to have all yep. his links in this show's episode. And so thank you guys so much. And until next time, Babylon! Babylon! Yay! <laughs> Thank you.
Hello, Twisted Humans. This is the podcast where two best friends chat true crime and have a glass or two of wine. I'm Alicia. And I'm Caitlin. And this is Twisted and Uncorked. So join us every week for Casual Tuesdays where we release a new episode. We are now available on all platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Rate, review, and subscribe. Cheers! Cheers!